Hey guys, this is your host Ruban and you have tuned into Life Happens for Real podcast where our primary focus is to search for stories from around the world to help people who are grappling with a similar situation. Today on the show we're talking about this very chronic condition, PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder. And for the ones who don't know, PTSD is a mental health condition which is triggered by a traumatic event. You know the traumatic event can be anything ranging from losing a loved one to a chronic case of abuse maybe apart from the medical definition they say that you know PTSD is like a soldier returning from a war and when i think about the world war the first thing that comes to my mind is all bombs and guns and stuff but you know we tend to ignore that emotional battle which people are fighting from within and that is what ptsd exactly is if you put it in a layman's language moving forward today on the show i have with me this very beautiful lady nasim segal also known as the numerology coach she's the founder of segal online llc a holistic coaching and training firm she has been practicing numerology for 30 years and completed her coach training at the university of texas dallas in 2018 She's an ICF certified coach and holds dual brain-based neuroscience coaching certifications. She sits on the board of experts for the mindful.com and online wellness magazine. You can find more about her at the numerologycoach.com. Welcome to the show Nasim, how are you? Thank you so much for having me Umi. I'm great and uh, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Thank you so much for that. I mean I mean I'm so honored to talk to you. <laughs> so, yeah. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Can we take a dive into your story? Are you ready? Oh, sure. Okay. Always ready. <laughs> That's very cool. So, yeah, the first question I want to ask is, you know, let's just go back to the beginning. I mean, tell me a bit about your trauma history. Expand a bit on it. Well, Let's well to go back to the history we have to go way way back into my childhood. Now just to give your listeners some context, I'm almost not quite there but almost 40 years old now. Okay. And um you know my trauma was not um a one incident and then suddenly you're traumatized. It was as you described it it happened over a period of many years but there were significant incidents that occurred within that period that um you know created this um long-term issue that i only recently was able to uh, resolve mm-hmm. so uh basically i grew up in uh america i'm from texas and my father is from india he uh is from new delhi he was born and raised there so half my family is indian and the other half of my family is from america and they have a you know european background so um being that i grew up and was born in the early 80s it it wasn't as common as it is now especially in certain cultures to have interracial marriages or biracial marriages mm-hmm. and so that was kind of the foundation of um of our family was we had two multicultural parents with very diverse um income backgrounds so there was a dis- you know a disparity between common knowledge or common experience and um and then there was also a um a, a difference in generally how they were raised 
And because of this, um, you know, for them to actually have come together and had a relationship was pretty significant because we don't have the same uh, available uh, resources as we do today, way back then. So um, outside of that, um, I was the uh, third, excuse me, the second child of three girls. Um, so I'm the middle child. And, um, you know, we, we had a fairly, what I would consider to be a typical American lifestyle okay. growing up outside of the cultural and, and differences I just described. Um, however, my mother, who is a wonderful lady, and I have a great relationship with her and my father as well, but she grew up in a very abusive household. And um, she therefore took on a lot of similar traits to how she was raised. Uh, My father, on the other hand, um, he was a hard worker, but he he also had his own drama with family. I think it's pretty safe to say, Umi, that no matter where you are in the world, there's family drama, right? Yeah. So he had uh, the feeling of being, uh, you know, rejected uh, by his parents for many, many years, being the Uh second born son, um, and so forth in his family. So, um, they, you know, they had a great marriage for about 10 years and then, uh, there was significant downturn in the economy here in the local Texas market. There was something called the savings and loan crisis, uh, which was not, not that different in terms of financial impact to our region as what's happening in the pandemic globally and that it closed businesses. People were laid off left and right. Um, you know, it was, it was fairly significant. So you would, have whole communities where um, they were just built up two or three years ago. And then suddenly there's almost 80% vacancy because people weren't able to afford their home anymore. So unfortunately we were caught up in that. And uh, so my parents lost everything financially. And Mm -hmm. on top of the biracial um, pressure of being in a relationship at that time period, um, they also had this new financial pressure, um, and that just totally wreaked havoc in their relationship. So again, I'm just giving you a little bit of the background so you yeah, understand the I, foundation. Can I, can I interrupt? How old were you when all this happened? I was about five years old. Okay, such a small child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, and my um, parents, I mean, they were wonderful to us. Um, but, you know, at some point no matter how wonderful you are, when you have that level of intense stress and pressure on your shoulders, you know, it's, it's, it does change your personality. And we know from, um, from a lot of the current research um, in the world right now that uh, when you go through very stressful events like that, especially prolonged stressful events, it does actually change the makeup of, um, you know, the the neurotransmitters and and your cells, even it can have a a long-term effect. Mentally as well as emotionally, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, so um, let me, I'll zoom through the rest of it, but basically uh, we ended up relocating to a different uh, state altogether. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were living in one of our relatives' basements. um, And so that, that was fairly traumatic, uh, you know, just moving alone. But um, during that time, there was um, an incident that occurred. Um, not only were my parents' relationship about to fall apart, but uh, we had an intruder break into our home. And they, uh, not to go into the details, but it was extremely violent. 
And um, unfortunately, because of that um, trauma that occurred at that time, I, I personally, as you know, a five or six year old child at that point, mm-hmm. I had this idea that it was my fault. And it's false logic. But to a child, um, there were a few things that had happened before the person broke in just a few hours before and I thought, Oh, I, I must have caused this to happen. So this is how a five year old child thinks, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing, you know, it's amazing how much you can carry with you and you think, Oh, that was so long ago, but it grows with you. You know, the ghost of your past grows with you. Indeed. Yeah. So really, and truly that's, that's about the period when a lot of my um, trauma really started. Um, And in addition to that, and I'll just loop in because um, I am a numerologist um, and I do have a very intuitive nature, but part of the trauma was that um, a few hours before this person broke into our home, I had a premonition. Uh, And it was the first time I ever experienced that. And then to have the premonition come true within like two or three hours, um, that was part of my guilt, but it, it happened in the form of a nightmare. So from that point forward, um, Umi, I, every time I would have a nightmare, I would almost be re-traumatized. And as you know, from post-traumatic stress disorder, um, that's one of the common symptoms is night terrors. So you can imagine how growing up, um, you know, in, in a traumatic situation like that, how every time you have this thought like, oh, is this, is this nightmare I just had? Is this night terror going to come true? No, and, and not being able to vocalize it. Came out to be true, isn't it? Say that again, I'm sorry. I mean, your premonition, t- you know, proved out to be true. Correct. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So, so my parents ended up, uh, splitting up and divorcing um, shortly after that. And then my mother, unfortunately, as I said earlier, she reverted to her, um, her growing up and, and her experience uh, with parenthood. And that was her mother um, and father were abusive. And so because she was then a single parent with three young children uh, who had lost everything, um, you know, she began to um, began to be become more and more abusive. And I attribute a lot of that to the level of stress and anxiety that she was experiencing. And I don't believe that she had a healthy outlet to um, to work through her trauma and her her history. Mm-hmm. So from that point forward, from about six or seven years old at that age, mm-hmm. um, up until I was well into my teens, um, I had a very uh, difficult, um, you know, childhood. It was um, very uh, mentally abusive, uh, sometimes physically, but um, you know, it was it was just difficult to deal with. And then not having not having knowledge or the support of all the medical. Uh, knowledge that we have today, especially in psychology and, and knowing about post-traumatic stress disorder and so forth. So I just, I just buried it and I coped and I did the best I could. And, um, you know, I carried this stuff with me well into my, into my adulthood and it, it did alter my behavior, but I didn't know at the time that it was altering my behavior. I didn't know that hypervigilance wasn't common. Um, I didn't know, you know, that, um, 
night terrors weren't uncommon or insomnia or, you know, I didn't have an outlet for my anger. So I would just hold it all in. And again, I think that a lot of folks who are listening to this think, well, that could, that could be a little bit of everything for a lot of people. And, you know, that's not, it's not untrue. I mean, there is definitely signs of um, trauma and, and um, there's a level of coping skills that it's important for you to teach your children. Um, but if you don't have those skills yourself personally, it's going to be very difficult for you to teach your children. And I say that because I hope people that are listening to this will stop and consider their own behavior in their own lives and how they cope with things. Um, because I do believe generationally that whatever you experience in your, in your past does come with you, especially into your parenting. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we have a significant you know, trauma history, we feel that, you know, the past is kind of replaying in the present, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, does mm-hmm. this make sense to you? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. So it wasn't really, Umi, until I was um, in my mid-20s. So I was about 25, 26, and I was very successful financially. Um, I had everything I could possibly want material-wise. Uh-huh. But I had this ongoing depression that I could never seem to get rid of. And I had, you know, been diagnosed as depressed and suicidal from the age of eight years old. Um, And that just kind of kept with me. And no matter uh, what kind of therapy I did, or if I was on medication or not on medication, it never seemed to fully resolve itself. So in my mid twenties, I had this great career, um, great lifestyle from the outside, but inside I was completely miserable. Yeah, I mean, it was like a five-year-old child, a five-year-old Naseem was experiencing so much. She was going through so much. And for how long did it really continue? Well, I, I really did not have um, what I would consider a crucible moment or a crisis where I was able to really acknowledge my concerns or my issues until I was about 20, I would say about 25, 26, 27, 28. So it was over well over 20 years of carrying this stuff with me. So up until 25. Okay. So expand a bit about the effects the trauma had on your, you know, body physically, emotion and emotionally as well. You know, this is important. So kind of for the listeners to know that how can it really affect you? To what lengths can it do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, um, I was just reading something recently called ACE, A-C-E, and what this is, um, is recognizing that people who experience early trauma mm-hmm. or abuse in their youth, the effects of that do change the structure of your brain. And it does change your behavior. It changes your ability to um, you know, manage stress and also to, there's an area of your brain right behind your forehead. It's, it's known as your uh, prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's considered to be your thinking brain, your executive thinking brain, when you're really trying to focus on something or whenever you're making a lot of decisions and you're trying to assess yeah. quickly if they're, you know, good or bad, that's par- all mostly coming from that region of your brain, not totally, but mostly. And um, they found that people who have early trauma are not always able to access that part of the brain easily because they don't have the same neural networks as a person, excuse me, a person who did not experience trauma. Um, so 
from a, a brain perspective, um, there's that's just one aspect of the trauma. But outside of that, I mean, you have prolonged stress. Yeah. Uh, so whenever you're in a survivor mentality for a prolonged period of time, your body's not designed for that. Your body designed itself so that, um, you know, as cavemen and women, if we had to run away from something, or if there was, um, you know, a, a tiger outside of our door, that we would have an, a rush of adrenaline and yep. um, all sorts of other uh, hormones and chemicals to help us run away, to help us survive. Mm -hmm. But when you live like that for days and years and months yeah. and decades, where you're always ready to, you know, run away. Um, it does affect your chemical in your body. And that that does all kinds of harm. I mean, it, 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 it depends on the individual. But me personally, I can say that I, I definitely have um, a, a lot of hormonal challenges now that I can say are related to that I have uh, autoimmune disease, uh, which is also probably related to that. Um, you know, there's a lot of different um, uh, pain issues. Um, I have uh, chronic uh, muscle tension, which is unbelievable. I, I, I never knew that you weren't supposed to have pain in your body at all times. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's definitely affected me in that regard. Um, and I know for everyone out there, I mean, it does, it does do things differently. You, you'll have a higher likelihood of diabetes, higher likelihood of cancer, um, higher likelihood of autoimmune diseases. Um, these are all all scientifically proven to correlate directly to um, early trauma. Yeah, this is giving me chills listening to you. I mean, it's like, uh, look, did you ever like felt, did you ever like feel suicidal or something as a, like, like something like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, in fact, the first time I have to give my mom credit here, um, she uh, she did recognize that there was something not right with me because I stop talking, literally, literally stop speaking. Um, and so I, you know, was sent to a therapist, um, when I was eight years old, eight years old. And that, that, uh, therapist will said, yeah, she's probably depressed, but she'll grow out of it. And, um, but at that time I was suicidal. I was eight years old. You were just eight years old. Yeah. Oh my God, this kind of breaks my heart. You know, when I um, hear that like this eight-year-old child who's experiencing, you know, wants to kind of live childhood. He was experiencing, she was experiencing this much. Like she was going through so much. So yeah, like uh, things like panic attacks happen. You know, I think I, um, I would say this, I never experienced what I would consider a panic attack until I was an adult. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that the hypervigilance that oh. I had uh, may have been an expression of panic. Okay. I was always checking my doors. I mean, I would I would wake up uh, in the middle of the night um, and I would go check all the doors and windows and make sure everything was locked. I wouldn't tell anybody I was doing this, by the way, um, but it would just it would make me comfortable to know that, you know, every three or four hours I could wake up and go and check and make sure that if any noise that I heard, and this was especially as I grew up and I was starting to deal with uh, additional crises um, in my middle twenties, um, because my stress level started to increase, my hypervigilance also increased. And uh, it, at that point I had just lost a loved one, one of my um, uh, very close relatives, 
uh, passed away suddenly. And I was under a lot of pressure at work, even though I had a lot of success. And that is actually what triggered uh, uh, an event um, that caused me to recognize that there was something wrong. Uh, but prior to that, I was uh, definitely, I was quick to anger. Um, you know, I could not control how angry I became, you know, a, a minor issue became a, a huge problem and I wasn't able to regulate my behavior. Um, you know, so things like that started to happen in my mid twenties. And that's whenever I, I went directly to the psychiatrist's office and said, something's wrong and I need help. I mean, this is very justified, you know, like quick to anger, like at least trauma has this effect, the immediate effect is it. Maybe this right. is the immediate effect. So yeah, I mean, uh, it's okay. Like I can understand. I don't. I don't know. Like whether I can understand this, but I can actually. You know, kind of feel like because you know when you're like uh, when kind of at still this was trauma. Like this, you know, this has such a bad effect on you. This has had a, such a bad effect on you. But what I want to know is like, uh, did you feel like you were not able to do much about it? Oh yeah. I mean, I you know at some point, Umi, when you've gone through multiple doctors, you've mm -hmm. tried multiple medications, when you, you know, have tried all kinds of holistic therapies, um, you know, and, and you're still feeling the same way. The only thing the medicine does is make you feel numb. Mm -hmm. At some point you feel hopeless. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was very difficult because I had to really get honest with myself mm -hmm. Um, you know, logically I knew there's something wrong and I don't like it and I want it to change, but emotionally to go to that root level, um, that takes, if you excuse me for saying this, that takes some balls, you know, um, it takes some gumption, uh, and you really have to be able to say to yourself, I'm ready to, I'm ready to revisit the reality of what I perceive versus what really was. And I'm able to forgive, forgive myself and forgive others. And that did not happen for me until I was in my early thirties. Uh, and at that point I discovered Vipassana med meditation. And to be honest, um, I think forgiving, forgiving people takes a real courage. It's so difficult. It's, it's really so difficult. difficult. Well, first you have to recognize that you can forgive. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, a lot of people say, well, I forgive you, but really they are just saying the words, but yeah. they don't feel it on a, on a cellular level. Yeah. And I'm talking about forgiveness at a cellular level. I'm talking about really going down to the root of the pain, revisiting it and saying, I understand that this is out of my control and this is a lesson that I've grown from. And I appreciate the teacher, even if the teacher scared me, but I understand their purpose in my life. And that was to help me grow as an individual. And when you can get to that level and say, and, and, um, and apart from everything that happened, I still am appreciative of this person. I forgive them and I love them as a human being. Even that man that broke into our home mm -hmm. so many years ago, it, gives, it still gives me a flutter in my stomach, but I had to find a way in my own way. And I've only, I've only encountered that man that one time he did go to jail. 
and I have never encountered him again, but I had to find a way in my own mind to forgive him for the violence that he, uh, you know, dished out. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me like, uh, you know, what was that turning point, you know, when you finally felt like now I need help? Well, um, there were many, (laughs) many points when I felt like I needed help. Um, But are you asking the turning point whenever I was able to really discover yeah I mean, uh, maybe some episode happened or something and you felt like no now I really need help well in my uh in my mid-20s I had a few uh, incidents I just described um and and that caused me to um react very negatively toward a stranger um, to the point where I, I literally, in my mind, I was re- ready to go to violence with this person. And I am not a violent person. You had that sense all. that you were, you know, you were fearful of people. Yeah, I just felt, I felt so threatened. Um, and it should not have escalated to that level at all. And it, it happened so quickly, I didn't even recognize myself. I, I could not fathom where this intense feeling was coming from. It scared me. I mean, the person... Uh, who I was having this encounter with was scared to death, but I was scared to death of my own behavior. And I thought, wow, I, I nearly just did something that is so out of character for myself. I know I'm better than that. And something, something is wrong here. I need to go talk to someone. So I did, I did reach out to a psychiatrist and, you know, within a day or two, I was sitting in their office and that's when I discovered that, uh, that I was sick. And I literally thought the psychiatrist is just the dumbest person. They have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> my reaction, like, give me a break. <laughs> so yeah, like, tell me more about your therapies. You know, like, did, did they help you right away? Or did it take some time for you? I am, I hope that it would have been, it would have taken some time, right? Kind of. Oh yeah, I mean, it was um, it was a very long, arduous process. I had a psychiatrist hating me with. I think I had like, I know I was taking at least six or eight pills a day. Oh um, you know, antidepressants, mm-hmm. uh, anti-anxiety medicine, uh, medicine to help me sleep. You know, medicine to help me wake up. <laughs> oh uh, you know, things like that. Um, and then I had uh, uh, EMDR psychologist that uh, performed uh, EMDR, which is a therapy, um, a a type of therapy that is practiced on uh, post-traumatic stress disorder patients. And it was very helpful. Uh, I also did other alternative types of therapy. Um, You know, I saw uh, light healers. I um, did little retreats and, and, you know, tried different types of therapy like artwork I you know had all kinds of things that I would try at the time and and nothing really seemed to help me in fact after about a year or two of not really progressing that much both my psychiatrist and my uh, psychologist called me and said we need to have a meeting because we don't feel like you're doing much of the work or you're not progressing the way we expect you to. And, um, it was really a aha moment for me that, you know, either I need to recommit myself or I need to let this go for a little time. I was so, 
I was so fatigued with just having the overall experience of having that trauma and then going through, you know, almost two years of intensive therapy. And I was still working at this time, by the way. I mean, this was not something I was publicizing. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of shame around it. Um, but I, I just, I said, you know what, I, I'm not finding the benefit. I'm not putting the work in. I'm not ready to go to that level of forgiveness and repair. Um, so I decided on my own that I was going to take a break from, from all of it. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, I was in my late twenties, almost in my thirties. And I just, I just needed to sort things out for myself at that point. I felt like I had learned a lot from the therapist. I had, I had done some healing there. It was beneficial. I at least was able to, um, re, uh, recalibrate my emotions and be able to have better coping strategies than what I had prior to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really needed to, to let go for a little while. And so I did. And during that time of what I consider, you know, just real contemplation on my part, um, I, I changed a lot of things in my life. I mean, I remember um, I had been in a, a very long relationship. I was in a relationship for almost 12 years mm-hmm. and I ended that. Okay. Uh, I changed I changed uh, my career at that time. Um, I removed myself from, um, you know, a familiar structure, family and so forth. I became a little bit more reclusive, I would say. And I don't know that that was the healthiest thing, but that was the process of healing that I needed to go through. And in that time, in that time, you know, if if you think the universe doesn't answer your prayers, uh, (laughs) It does, but it, not in ways that you expect, but I had um, an event where I was sexually assaulted. Oh and so God. here I had just removed myself from my, all my structure. I had removed myself from everything I had known, um, you know, comfort wise and security wise. And then I had this event and it was almost a moment of the universe asking me, okay, Nassim, how do you want to manage this? How much did therapy help you? It did was it, significant. It was a significant help. So, uh, like not that much, like pretty significant. Like what actually really helped you then? How did you heal from the process? It, I think having coping skills. And Umi, earlier in the call, I said, if as a parent, you don't learn coping skills yourself, mm-hmm. you'll never be able to teach your children coping skills. Mm -hmm. And so what I was able to gather from my therapy was how to cope and healthy, healthy coping skills that did not involve, um, you know, it, it didn't involve alcohol or it didn't involve uh, drugs and it didn't involve, you know, harming myself or other people. It it involved me doing some personal assessment. So you can say that you tried self-care. Self-care and noticing, noticing I need self-care right now. That was a big one. Oh, I, I, you know what? I'm have all these red flags. I need to notice the red flags. That's a, that's really hard. (laughs) I hope this episode is going to help people a lot. Yes. Yeah. Tell me something like, what would you really tell those people who are actually going through this PTSD condition? 
you know at least something which would kind of help them summarize a bit uh if i could summarize this is a great question yeah um first of all i just want to say this before i address that question mm-hmm. um there is post traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. and there's a new subset of post traumatic stress disorder called complex post traumatic stress yeah. disorder yeah i don't know that that's being recognized yet but the evidence is overwhelmingly stating that it, it likely will be recognized as a, a mental health condition soon especially in the us mm-hmm. um but i would say that my experience is more um in line with complex post traumatic stress disorder so it's not any one event that occurred it's multiple uh events over a period of time and in that situation for people that are dealing with that type of post traumatic stress disorder um i really want to say that dealing with reality as it is uh is one of the most important things you can do. Mhm. Uh and I'm I'm actually taking this language from my vipassana meditation training um because it's all about dealing with reality and reality as it is comes from your body. It doesn't come from your thinking brain. Mhm. And when you start to notice that you're having an experience that feels like it's getting out of control instead of reacting i would suggest sitting quietly and feeling the sensations in your body mm-hmm. and as you do that you're going to notice that those sensations have an intensity to it and a structure of sorts and the more you are able to pay attention to that and to you know meditate on that experience i believe that you will find healing and you will find ways of pushing through the emotional situation that you're in in that in that instance the long term benefit is that you will be able to become more and more aware of what what is reality and what is perceived reality would you suggest them that you know you they should vent their feelings out Well, that's a good question. I mean, I'm and I don't know that I'm in a position to really answer that. Um there's there's many ways you can vent your feelings out, including journaling. Okay. Uh including going for a nature walk, including artwork, including dancing, singing even. Um I guess what I'm trying to say in in my best way is that what has helped me is very intense meditation and through that experience I have been able to cope and manage and to heal myself. However, I know from a neuroscience perspective and all the research that's been done on med- meditation, meditation does not work for everyone. And uh so I believe Umi that it's really up to the individual. to try different things um but to try different things that um you know are, are helpful to them and and notice i feel better today or you know what i didn't get as much result today from uh coloring as i did from walking in nature so maybe i need to include walking in nature into my daily routine 
um, you know, so it, it's just, it's a, it's a progressive awareness, I guess. It doesn't really happen in an instant is, is my point. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So finally, I would want to ask you, like, what were your concrete learnings from the whole trauma, the whole process, the whole PDSD, you can say? Like, if you can kind of say, yeah. like, three concrete learnings? Well, I'd love to say three. I mean, I think the first thing is uh, to learn how to forgive. Mm-hmm is extremely important. Um, so that was, that was very interesting process. I mean, I forgive, I forgave my mother a long time ago, but I had to change the way I, I had to change the way I thought about the abuse and not, not dismiss it. Like it never happened. It happened, but I had to change my, um, response to that and my, um, the way I, analyzed it, I guess. And I had to look beyond her behavior and look at her as an individual and see that she was doing the best she could at the time and acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. Um, So forgiveness is the first thing I would say. Um, That was a learning, learning event for me. Um, Secondly is um, I I think I touched on this in in our uh, session, but really it's that we are given these gifts, Mm -hmm. uh, these challenges, these um, moments in time as an opportunity to grow as a human and as a spiritual being walking this earth. We're given these challenges so that we can become more evolved and more aware and more connected to one another, not less connected. And so I would say that the second thing is definitely that this was a learning opportunity for me mm-hmm. and it's a part of who I am, but it is not who I am. I, I am not a trauma victim, but trauma is a part of my evolution. Yep. And the last thing I would say is that love does conquer all. And I don't mean love like you have an intimate relationship yeah. with your spouse. Yeah. I'm speaking of love for humanity. Yourself. And- love for yourself. Absolutely. And when I say that I'm getting goosebumps, but I, I really do believe that love is something that's, it means different things to different people. Um, but ultimately when you can find a compassion, a deep resonant compassion, uh, for others and for yourself and understand that we are all connected energy beings, and that, you know, love is what keeps us going. I think that would be the third lesson. That is beautiful. That is so beautiful. Finally, if you have, I would say that where is Nassim Segel now? Like, has she kind of, you know, kind of let go of everything? And, you know, uh, like, has, you know, like, does, does this PTSD still bother her? Or she's a completely changed person? Hmm. I don't think it's ever going to go away. Okay. Uh, but I do believe that I now have the capacity to manage mm-hmm. and to cope. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, last night I had a, a horrific dream. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was pretty frightening, and I I don't typically have night terrors anymore, but uh, I did last night, and I woke up today not feeling that 
not feeling terrible because I understood that, you know, maybe it was just some anxiety or stress that I haven't acknowledged in my day-to-day life. And it's coming out in a dream and I don't feel like it's going to happen. So I don't have that fear or that hypervigilant feeling that I, I used to. Um, so, but I have coping skills today that I, I didn't have 10 or 15 or 20 years ago. So I don't think it ever goes away, Umi. I think it's um, definitely a friend. It's not um, uh, something I would say is, it's a part of me, but it's not, uh, it doesn't drive me. Yeah, it's okay to kind of let go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, thank you so much for your time. I was like, so glad. I'm so glad kind of I got the chance to talk to you and I wish you best of luck for your future endeavors thank you so much for your time again thank you so much for allowing me to talk about my story and i appreciate and hope that all your listeners are able to gain something from this um whether they've got post-traumatic stress disorder or just generally there's a lot of um, coping coping tools that everybody can use you don't have to be a post-traumatic stress um, or trauma survivor to experience that but thank you so much for having me on today also, I appreciate that your courage to talk about it, you know, not keeping it inside, but helping people through it. Thank you so much again. Absolutely. My pleasure. At the end, I would like to say that, you know, I'm looking to connect. As I always say, if you have a story that helps heal, inspire, uh, helps heal and inspire others, please connect to me at my email, life happens for real podcast at the rate of gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in.